What a special day it was at the Coliseum. And now welcome to Cal Lutheran for the Coach McVay Show. We recap the win over the Cardinals and look ahead to the matchup with the Chargers with a Super Bowl champion, DeMarco Farr. I am J.B. Long, and we welcome in the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. 2-0 and on the season. This is the Coach McVay Show. Good evening, Sean. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, guys. Appreciate uh, you having me on. Your comment after the game uh, read something effective. I can't remember a time when I've seen a defense play that complete, whistle to whistle, first quarter through the fourth quarter. 24 hours later, how does that win resonate with you on the defensive side of the Yeah, way? it it felt kind of like what it looked like. I thought it was a complete effort. Uh, coaches did a great job putting together a good game plan, and then the players made it come to life. I thought their communication, their ability to handle situations, you know, getting off the field on third down, uh, you know, applying pressure, whether it was we brought more than four, whether we brought four and playing good coverage on the back end, it showed up. And I thought the guy's effort was outstanding, you know. So when you talk about you you know, making an offense earn every single yard. I thought that's exactly what we did defensively, and, and it was a great all-around effort by all 11 guys, and, and uh, you know, those are uh, those are things that make you feel good. Sing for your supper. That's what it seemed like to me. I, who lifted first? I mean, your offense, your guys, 75 snaps. I mean, that's that's punishing for both sides. It your is. defense was out there a short time, played played well. So who lifted first today? You know what? That's uh, you'll have to ask Ted Rath about that one. I think uh, you know we'll, the the defense has uh, you know they've started out some of these practice periods. They've kept it rolling. So the way that they bring bring that energy and that juice, they got to start it in the right way. Um, but really pleased with them overall. And then I thought our offense's ability to sustain drives. Thought we were better than week one on third down and in the red zone. And uh, that's a credit to the players. And we talked about emphasizing a few things, and and they ended up getting it done yesterday. And it was a complete game for us. More on the defense in just a moment. We continue with this first segment of the Coach McVay show. I uh, do want to touch on the other pregame storyline though which was the loss of Greg Zerline Uh, tell us how it happened from your perspective but I also can't help but read into it as someone who observes this team and sees a little hiccup like I don't know losing a Pro Bowl kick returner and you replace him with someone like Jojo Natson and then you find out moments before kickoff that you won't have Greg Zerline and Johnny Hecker does what he did yeah it's it's really a credit to our guys ability to just kind of handle whatever situation or circumstance we're placed in and we talk about not flinching not blinking demonstrating that mental toughness and I thought really our coaches and our players demonstrated that you know in a in a big way yesterday you find out as you're putting on your mic and, and you know J- bones comes up he says uh I think uh, Greg's going to be down. And I said, oh, really? He just pulled his groin on his last uh, pregame kick, you know, talking about after you come out of the tunnel already. So Johnny did a good job getting ready in a short time. Uh, Cooper Cup did an excellent job filling in for holds, and then it obviously affected some of our decision-making with regards to whether we're going to go forward and some of the two points that you saw. And, uh, you know, bringing Sam in, we'll see how that affects our thought process as we move forward into the Chargers game this week. But the guys handled it really well. Bones made some nice adjustments. And then for Johnny to come in like he did and, uh, you know, hit, hit his kicks, it was, uh, it was outstanding. He had some good kickoffs that he hit pretty good as well. Uh, don't get a big head now. You're a punter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Let the field goal kicker do that. He, he, yeah. did, he did his thing, though. You know, yeah. I mean, so we were, we were happy with that. And, um, you know, that's just a, another great example of guys just, you know, doing a great job adjusting to, you know, whatever we're kind of presented with. And that's never an ideal situation. And like you mentioned too, JB, you know, to have JoJo step up the way that he did, I thought the 10 guys around him did an excellent job setting some of those returns. Uh, you know, Sam Shields was excellent. You know, we were able to, you know, kind of single him up and his ability to be able to lock down some of those gunners on the edge uh, is a huge way where you can almost get get somebody back and use them elsewhere. Um, and to have 22 yards uh, a return on six of those was, was phenomenal, and, and JoJo did an excellent job. It's not too big for him. You can certainly feel that. So now we know who your first option is if you're in a backup kicker, kicker situation. Who would be the last guy on your 53-man roster that you would ever want to put total leather on game The day? last guy? That's a good question. You know, I think uh, you know Sue's been able to hit some kicks as well. He was Miami's backup kicker, so... 
I think he could make a conversation. You know, he could make an argument to get in on that. As far as who the last guy is, that's a good question. I, I'd have to think about that. Sullivan. Yeah. 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 I bet you John would probably find a way to get get that thing through. You know, Old he's, Tom he's a savvy vet man. <laughs> He'd find a way. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know if I can answer that one. we got one. four segments to go. Get back to <laughs> yeah. us on that one. But it speaks to resilience, man. I mean, you guys didn't blink at all. I mean, yep. that's a big deal. You lost your place kicker before the game even started. Did you get a chance to talk to Johnny, look at Johnny, and say, Johnny, you're my guy, or just no, we're you just know moving what? on? You know what? We kind of knew what that situation would be. You know, those are things that you try to work, uh, you know, if that does come up. Obviously, you want to try to avoid those at all costs. But, you know, that's why you see Johnny getting out there. He got a couple kicks in, you know, right when we found out. And then Cooper's your backup holder. And he he did a great job just because of Johnny having to kick. And, um, you know, those are situations that you try to avoid, but you do have to have contingency plans in place, and that's a credit to Bones being ready to go and handle it, uh, you know, in a great way. So it sounds like he's going to be out for some time, and you can speak to just how long, but the uh, replacement move is the Rams are kicking with Ficken again moving forward. That's right, and, and you know, I think that's something you feel good about. You never want to be able to use uh, lose a player like Greg, uh, but if you do, then you've got a guy that's at least had some experience with us. He's played in some really meaningful games. I think he's gotten better and better uh, as he's accumulated some of that experience, and we got a lot of confidence in him. He was Fortunately, he was still in town, so you get him in here and – um, you know, he'll be ready to go on Wednesday. You're ruining the rest of the league, by the way. you you got to shut out on a short week. There are no more excuses. Well, you, I, hey, that's a credit to the players. And didn't play in the preseason. Well, You're killing you know it. what? Yeah. I, I, I would say that all that stuff is about these players. They've done a great job. And, and I think their ability to handle the short week in a mature way is a, is a real reflection on them and, and the approach that they take. Being able to kind of take some of the physical toll off with the way we approach Wednesday and then ramping it up on Thursday and Friday. Uh, and then they came out and, and played a complete game. I thought all three phases. You know, offensively, I put us in some bad situations, specifically in the run game early. They did a great job of, of playing some things. And, and, you know, they're a pressure front. They do a good job of applying pressure in a variety of ways, and they were committed to being downhill, and, and that's where I think you saw uh, guys did an excellent job in some of the you know things that tie in off of that, off of some of our run actions early on, and, and that's where you see those receivers making some plays and Jared delivering the ball. I, I talked to Andrew Whitworth right, right after the game, so it's still euphoric, 34 mm-hmm. nothing. everybody's still buzzing about it. And I said, well, put this in perspective. He says, well, we still have some things to clean up on offense. And I giggled, like, where? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me where you – what do you need to clean up when you're playing like that on offense? Yeah, I think that – you know, and I think he's right. You know, I, I think that, you know, the players would say that, but you look at just some of the inefficient plays, and I think it was a largely a reflection of some of the play selections by me early on in the game uh, where they're playing some different front structures and we're running versus some out-leveraged looks that aren't really smart uh, – you know, probably not the smartest play. Well, I know it's not the smartest play to, to run some of those toss crack plays towards 55. You know, Chandler Jones is a great player. You get some of those things strung out. And, um, you know, I thought that was something that I hurt our football team with. Um, and, and that's something that the guys settled in, did a good job. And then I think once we really got past a couple of those things early on in the game, that's where you see the 19 points at the end, you know, to end the half. And they did a great job, especially, you know, the run stats, I think, you know, starting with some of the plays early on. But then there were a lot of efficient runs because of the amount of plays we had in the red zone. So I think some of those rush stats can be a little misleading. It's a credit. They did a good job early on. But then I think when you talk about tough, hard-earned yards where Gurley's punching it in from the two, you look at some of the red zone runs that Malcolm Brown ended up having, um, you know, those are tough to come by. And I thought, you know, the receivers as well, just really impressed with their ability to contribute in all phases. And I think that's a reflection of our offense, guys playing for each other. You hate those one-yard touchdown runs. They bring down your rushing. There you go. Right that's there. right. We'll, we'll take the point, though. That's the only one that we're really worried about. Uh, we've reached our first, first break here on the Coach McVeigh Show. Uh, before we're done tonight, we're going to preview the matchup with the Chargers. We also have our first installment of Audibles. Your direct line to the head coach will take your questions 
on social media and present them to the head coach of the Los Angeles Rams. They're 2-0, and they await the Chargers at the Coliseum this Sunday, and you're listening to the Coach McVay Show on ESPN LA 710. A couple of PBUs for Tlaib as the Cardinals punt it again. JoJo Natson driven back to his nine. Sprints to his left after fielding it. He's got the wall. He's got the 20. He's got midfield. He cuts inside. JoJo Natson stumbles down to the 32. Otherwise, he would have housed it. All right, welcome back to Cal Lutheran with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, and the head coach of the Rams, Sean McVay, and he really was one more step away from beating that punter, wasn't he, and taking it the distance. He did a great job. You know, I think that return specifically was a great example of uh, you know, he clean, he fielded it clean, but we talked about Sam being able to get some blocks. I thought, you know, really to be able to set that up. Josh Reynolds did an excellent job, as did Micah Kaiser, and then you know Malcolm Brown was instrumental. But you know, guys, the guys doing a great job understanding some of the things. I think Bones does an excellent job setting up these schemes, and then the players ultimately make them come to life. But uh, when you have your punt return unit playing as efficient as they were yesterday, some of the field positions, the short fields, the momentum shifts that that helps create in the game. Uh, what a great job they did yesterday, and uh, you know, just exciting to have them. Watching your receiving core, it was like a dunk contest. Like they were trying to outdo the other. Watch this circus catch. Watch what I do here. I don't know what was more impressive, where Jarrett put it in a crowd or how they went up and got it. Yeah, I think both of them were pretty impressive. So I, I think uh, you know it's a credit to great location on those throws and then the guys attacking the ball with aggressive hands. Really, all three of those guys, what they demonstrated yesterday, both in the run game, in the pass game, uh, being able to contribute in a variety of ways, those three guys got the game balls offensively uh, for us, and, and they just continue to make play after play. The, you know Some of the stuff that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, You know when you look at um, Brandon Cook's long 57-yard catch that he had, watch Robert Woods blocking on the backside when they bring the nickel off the slot. He ends up picking up Buda Baker. Just the effort and the way that these guys play with the ball and without the ball is a real credit to, to that group, to Eric Yarber's leadership that he provides for that room. And, uh, you know, you feel really fortunate to work with the types of players that we have because of the way that they're wired and, and how important it is to them. Brandon Cooks with 246 receiving yards so far this season, most by a Rams player in the first two games of a season since Isaac Bruce in 1998, started with 323. Uh, I feel like Jared Goff uh, mentioned something publicly about owing Robert Woods one. In a couple of weeks, they have been a fingernail away sure. from connecting on something deep. Uh, could have been more than the 30-plus you had if uh, that one finds its way to the Yeah, end you know what? Those are, there's there's always going to be something when you look at a game. There's so many different things that a quarterback is asked to do. And then I think when you just look at the entire body of work at which Jared had yesterday, he really put together a great game, made some outstanding throws. You look at some of the tight windows he's fitting things into. Um, you know, I think any quarterback would tell you you just watch a game and the amount of snaps that you play, there's always going to be a few things here. But he made so many great plays to be able to throw for 350 against some of those players that you're going against, guys making plays. Uh, you know, that that was one that, that we would want back, I'm sure. But, you know, he had a lot of throws, too, that you're saying, what a throw and what a catch. So guys made plays yesterday. And what a run by 30. Absolutely. Turning the corner, getting in the end zone. I yeah. Mean, you don't see that often. No, you don't. But uh, from Todd, you seem to see that. You see that a lot, actually. You know, and I think that's the credit to – the way that he is, man, he's a special player. I think he sees the field so well. You know, his field vision and his feel for when to bounce it or when to cram it and stay in there tight, especially in some of those tight red zone runs like we talked about earlier to Marco. And, uh, you know, he did an excellent job yesterday. And, uh, you know, he got a, three touchdowns and, uh, you know, was certainly clean up on you know the two-point conversion as well. And the fourth quarter off. We were laughing. He forgot he didn't have a place kicker when he scored and ran to the, the crowd. Yep. No, get back in there, man. You yeah, and then Malcolm Brown came in and, and <laughs> caught the two-point conversion on the check down, Jared. 
Jared found him. So it was a great job by Malcolm there, too. The segment two of the Coach McVay Show, uh, live from Thousand Oaks with DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long. Uh, speaking of your tailbacks, Todd did an excellent job of this last year, but again, it, it came to mind when he's kind of abandoning a play-action fake to go pick up a, a blitz on, on the blind side of Jared. And then there was an amazing blitz pickup when Malcolm Brown was yeah. in. Uh, does that get in the in everything that your offense does? Does that part sometimes get overlooked on the outside? What good pass protectors those two are? Absolutely. You know, I think that's one of the things you talk about guys' contribution without the ball, but those who know know. And you talk about the appreciation that our players have watching Todd Gurley recognize Patrick Peterson blitzing uh, when it's a front side fake. He aborts on a corner blitz, ends up picking him up, allowing Jared to set his feet, make a throw, and Robert Woods makes a great play. You look at Malcolm Brown stepping up in a man pressure where he puts his face on somebody. It was a violent collision and enables Jared to sit in there. Cooper Cup working on a little option route gets a big end break for a 29-yard gain. So uh, those kind of plays are instrumental. And without those contributions, you don't even have a chance to get those going. So uh, that's everything. It always starts up front. And then when those receivers or those backs are in that instance, you know, talking about our backs being utilized and some of their protection responsibilities, those guys stepped up in a big way. And tight ends showed up. They sure did. Yeah. They did a great job. You know, and and I think a lot of those things that didn't show up, you know, where you know they're doing did a lot of things in the run game. We're asking Tyler and Gerald to do a variety of different things, and then both those guys ended up making some plays that, that ended up helping us move the football offensively. Tyler has the touchdown, and then Gerald had a great catch and run on the second and 20. So, um, you know, we want to continue to try to utilize all five eligibles, and, and those are things that we'll continue to be mindful of as we move forward with some of our play selection and, and just the different ways that we can mix it up. I love the counter to the push pass in week one that Todd scored on. You yeah. kind of run it with some misdirection uh, this week. Is that something that's kind of in the playbook waiting and installed that you might even run week one against Oakland if the opportunity presents itself? Or is that self-scouting going into week two saying, how do we present something different for our next opponent? Yeah, that's, uh, you know, it, it's something that you always try to build off of what you've put on tape. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Sandy or the, um, the, the Chiefs ended up scoring against uh, the Chargers in week one on two plays very similar to that, but we fit it to how it works out for us. And, um, you know, the guys did a good job executing. I thought it was really good play. Um, and, you know, just try to continue to create different things that you know kind of make it look like something that we've done but then it ends up being something different you take stuff from people i mean do you mind if you see your stuff on in different games in the league yeah no not at all i mean we you know you got a lot of respect for what different coaches are doing around the league and i think if it fits for our players and for our system then it's certainly you know yeah you're not afraid to admit that you're going to steal plays there's a lot of great coaches around this league that uh definitely not too proud to admit that uh you know definitely have stolen a lot of plays and and i know that a lot of the stuff we're running it it originated somewhere else you know we talk about our offense being a collaboration of a lot of the coaches that we're so fortunate to work with here that have been in places and um you know that's what you just you're always trying to learn and if it works for us and it fits then uh, then then we'll try to get it in demarco said a few times yesterday you had the arizona defense seeing ghosts with a lot of that window dressing like what kind of uh, football iq does that take for jared goff and for your offense to do all that pre-snap motion and still execute the way you want them to post-snap. It does. It, it's all about our players. And I think our, our communication, really starting with Jared and John Sullivan, you know, with our center and our quarterback and the amount of information that we ask those guys to recognize, to read, to communicate up front with regards to whether we're running the football, whether we're throwing it, then to be able to have the skilled players that are intuitive and smart enough to know, all right, where can this fit? How much can I make this look exactly like some of these other things? So uh, it's all about their attention 
attention to detail, their understanding of, okay, what is the intent of what we're trying to get done? And I think you see them get more and more comfortable with some of the nuances that we're trying to present from an offensive, just schematic approach. But it's all about our players' ability to be able to absorb the information and then translate it to making it come to life. And, and without really smart, conscientious players that we do have, uh, we would not be able to operate that way. And, and you know, I, I feel so fortunate to be able to work with a group like this. One final little thing I want to ask about Jared Goff before we wrap up this segment. And to our eye, it looks like he's taking care of his receivers in this regard. We know how accurate he is. He's putting balls over the middle, sometimes behind someone like Robert Woods, right? Almost to make sure that he settles down into a spot and doesn't get blown up. Yeah, no, you're, you're talking about on the second down play where he ends up, you know, fitting it in a nice window versus split safety look at the backside safety's cheating. And, and he did, you know, that was where, you know, and you see Robert aggressive hands being able to make that adjustment when you're full speed, putting your foot in the ground, breaking in, and it's a little bit behind you. But definitely, I think with Jared's ability to be as accurate as he is consistently with the football, he is changing up his locations based on protecting guys and having an intricate understanding of what are some of these coverages and how could I possibly keep my guy uh, away from harm's way but still be able to fit this ball in that window. And I thought you saw the examples of that, like you mentioned, JB. It was a great job by him. All right, let's double back to some of the uh, defensive performance in our next segment as we break here on the Coach McVay Show. What impact have Indomitian Sue and Aaron Donald have so far for this 2018 Rams group? We continue from Thousand Oaks after this on ESPN LA 710. The, holder, the so he takes his mark. place, Cooper Cup, you... with a knee down at the right hash at the 10. Good snap, good hold. Johnny Hecker, a pro bowler in more ways than one. He's already got a punt inside the 10, a touchback, and now a field goal of 20 yards to extend the Rams' lead to 11 0. And also a good hold by Cooper Cup, who probably found out that he was going to be your holder, what? Right before kickoff as well. 30 seconds before kick. Yeah, he did a great job adjusting right there, and it was an excellent snap by Jake. I mean, you talk about a perfect snap, great hold, and and Johnny put it right through the uprights, man, just like we practiced. Yeah, nothing against Jake, but he's actually the only person doing his actual job. (laughs) Very true, JB, very true. Uh, The Cardinals finished the game with just five first downs, the fewest the Rams have allowed since Week 10, 1979, in a game against Seattle. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that defense, and I want to go interior because Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Donald were such a dominant storyline coming into the season. If you only looked at the box scores, you might wonder, well, where have those guys been or what impact have they made through two weeks? From the coach's standpoint, can you tell us? It's unbelievable. I, I think you know the one thing that doesn't show up like you're really talking about, JB, is the push that these guys are creating inside, how uncomfortable that made Bradford the entire day, getting flushed. Uh, you know, you talk about how quickly the ball had to come, and got, come out against the Raiders, so uh, they're affecting and influencing the game in a variety of ways. You look at the push that we're getting inside on some of these gap schemes. You know, you look at the first run of the game that the uh, Cardinals tried as a scheme that typically shows up against some of our uh, regulated front structures and our base personnel. And Sue knocks the center so far back that it actually picked off the backside polar when they were trying to run a counter scheme. And, you know, it ends up going for a gain of one where, where Johnson did a great job of just getting back to the line of scrimmage. But those guys did an excellent job. You know, you look at on one of those plays where he gets Bradford flushed to the right. Aaron ends up beating the, the play side guard. They were sliding the center to him too. He splits the double and ends up getting it flushed and, and he's got to get flushed to his right and throw it away and our defense gets off the field. But those two guys, you know, Michael Brocker showed up. Uh, Samson is continuing to get better and better but the interior push and the way those guys are playing uh, cannot be understated or underappreciated uh, even if it might not show up on some of the stat sheets. Uh, they are certainly you feel them. You flip that tape on you know those guys are making a lot of plays. You could tell Bradford 
he wasn't safe in the pocket. Yeah, it, I need it, to get rid of this rock or run or something. Yeah. Something bad's going to happen in there. And it was, it's only been two weeks with these two guys. Yep, it, it really has. And I thought we did an excellent job. You know, getting off the field quickly. You know, being being really efficient on some of those third downs, and then that enables your offense to get a chance to get some rhythm and some continuity. And any time that you can minimize the snap count for our defense, that means good things are going on because offense is sustaining drives and defense is getting off on third down. This is the Coach McVay show. Still to come, a preview of Week Three against the Chargers and. We'll also take your questions for Sean McVay in a segment we call Audible, spending a little bit more time on the defense after their shutout performance in Week 2. Uh, Sean, there was at least one play, there may have been more, where I saw Wade had seven defensive backs on the field behind three down and out, outside linebacker. I think it was Samson Abukam. Uh, Marky Christian, I think, is a player, one sure. of them at least, who kind of gives you that flexibility. But like, what kind of diversity and skill does this defense have that allows Wade to just run the full gamut? Yeah, it's a credit to our coaching staff finding different ways to get certain players on the field. Uh, that play that you're talking about ended up leading to a big third down stop and a sack. You know, that was the sack that Samson ended up right. having. And um, you know, I think it's a credit to to our player, our coaches' creativity. You know, you talk about Aubrey and and Ejiro, our DBs coaches, and then collaborating with Wade and Joe and, and the rest of our staff. Billy Johnson, Chris Shule, and Thad, you know, those guys did an excellent job. And then the players make it come to life. You know, you say that over and over again, but I think it's because you have so many different guys that can do a variety of things for you. Being able to present some different personnel groupings to an offense ends up giving you some problems, uh, messes up some of your protection structures, and uh, and that play was a great example of that. And, and you know, those different personnel groupings are something that I think our, our defensive staff will come up with week to week based on the offense we're playing. When I force my eyes away from the the wreckage in the middle, watching Sue and Donald do their and Brockers do their jobs. It seems like John Johnson is just jumping off the screen. I mean, on the field, he's making plays all over the field. If there's a better, strong safety, I'd love to know his name. But right now, he is balling. He's playing great ball, Demarco, and and really, I think his ownership and understanding of the defense. You know, it, it can't be understated how how great of a job he does as far as the communication as well. Formation recognition. You talk about a smart football player with great instincts. Uh, that's really taken a big step from year one to year two. Um, he's been excellent. He's, uh, you know, he can play in the box. He can play in the post. He can play as a half field or a quarter safety. Uh, I think he's got a great feel, you know, g- great short space feel for some of those box tackles, you know, sifting his way through traffic. Excellent rap tackler. Makes a couple plays on the third down in a man coverage situation on the far sideline yesterday that got us off the grass. And, uh, you know, you can't say enough about John. You're exactly right. He's jumping off the screen for us as well. Did something click, or was he on his way to being this guy anyway? I think he was on his way. You know, I think really, you know, you look at just the progression that he had last year where he makes a big play to close out the game against Dallas in his rookie year. Then his first start ends up being against Seattle where he makes a pick. So I think he's progressively gotten better and better. Uh, smart players that are conscientious and have the ability that he does just find a way to get better, and, and that's exactly what he's demonstrating. Is LaMarcus Joyner getting lonely back there? Do we need to check on him and make sure that he's okay because he's not seen a lot of action his way he's, yet. he's doing just fine you know we don't we don't want him to have to have too much action because that <laughs> means things are getting out quickly but um you know he's another guy you talk about taking steps in the right direction great play energy uh you can't say enough about lamarcus he's had he's had uh you know a couple great games where sometimes he might be asked to do more than others but you certainly feel really good about him as that middle safety especially in a lot of our single high structures and if you know the backstory on sam shields you couldn't help but feel great about that late interception he did a great job you know it was an excellent job uh, you know, great call by Wade gets us in a situation where Sam was able to play underneath that in-breaking route and 
um, you know, made the play, finished up. And one of the things we told him is, you know, he got better. His ball security was much better in that example <laughs> than it was in the pick that he had in the preseason. So, uh, you know, we were we were pleased with that. Guys got out in front, and any time that you're able to get a turnover, those are big time things for us. And uh, really happy for Sam to make that play. What did you do in your life to where you have an All Pro corner that is a backup? That's yeah. on special teams. Hey, uh, you know what? I, I think um, you know we must have done something good. It's a real, cre- it's a real credit though to our personnel staff, uh, and then to our coaches to being able to work with Sam. I think he's continued to get better and better, more comfortable with the scheme. And and you know what a great story it is too. If, and when you look at just the history of how much time he's missed from the concussion history, and to get out there to play the way that he has to contribute the way that he's contributing right now, uh, we feel really good about having Sam Shields on our team. His first interception since December of 2015. All right. Awesome. Coming up, looking forward to a segment we call Audibles, a good list of questions from you, our audience, on social media for Sean McVay. The Coach McVay Show continues. We'll also have a preview of the Chargers before we're done here on ESPN LA 710. All right, welcome back to the Coach McVay Show. We love this segment. It's called Audibles. Your questions directly to the head coach. Uh, Sean, as always, thanks for being willing to uh, address some topics from our audience. We've got a good list. I think you'll like it. Let's start with... uh, Angel Medina on Twitter, uh, if you could describe this team as a whole in one word, what would that word be? I think it would be connected, JB. And and when you talk about that, that entails a lot of things. But there's a belief in each other. Uh, They play for each other. You watch the way the offense, the defense, the special teams, they get excited for each other when they're making plays. And they just stay together. You know, And and connected is a really important thing for our team. I think these players ultimately are the ones that, that demonstrate that with the way that they play for each other, the way they genuinely enjoy each other. And I think you can just feel that by watching the way that these guys compete. You see it in the locker room. You see the way they go about their work throughout the course of the week. And, um, you know, that family atmosphere, that bond, it all starts with connected and, and being connected, excuse me, and, and that's what I think our team, you know, embodies right now. You got the touchdown. You got the two-point conversion at the half. Sully, your center, goes down for a half second, right, and gets back up, but the other four stayed there with him until he got up and walked off. That's connected. You got it. That's exactly right. And, and when you see things like that, um, you know, it, it just makes you feel great as a coach. Uh, you're so confident. You got so much belief for, for being able to work with such great players, but, uh, good people as well. And, and I think just that belief, that confidence that, that their ability to stay connected instills in, in you and us as a coaching staff is, is something that, you know, you certainly don't take for granted. And, and we're lucky to work with these guys. A uh, Rams fan United asks, what's your policy on taking Jared Goff out of a game in a blowout situation? Well, you know, hopefully those are things that we've really got to think about. Ultimately, it's about us winning football games. Uh, as far as when those decisions are made, uh, you know, I don't know that we have a, uh, an exact policy on when you get a certain lead, what time's left in the game. If we had had another possession, uh, then you definitely would have, you know, Sean Mannion would have been in the football game. But those are things that are kind of circumstantial and situational based on who's the opponent, how much time's left, different things like that. But uh, those are positive things that if you are in situations to be able to even discuss that, uh, then then we're in a good spot. But this league is pretty competitive and it certainly doesn't come up often. Good luck on the other side of the ball. Yeah. Yeah, getting those defenders out when you're having a game like that. No yeah. question. Go, tell Donald he's out. They want good luck. Snaps. They, want, <laughs> they want to be able to keep competing. Uh, you had a guest at the end of practice last week, I understand. So Jonathan on Instagram asked, do you have a favorite YG song? You know what? I, I think, uh, you know, I, I mean, Power's the one that's popular right now, but YG's got a lot of different stuff. You know, I'm, I'm a big YG fan, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's supported the Rams, but 
I think the biggest thing is is it's really unique and cool because you see that these you know the players enjoy him coming out. There's a mutual respect for what they do, and you know I think there's a mutual respect that the players have for his his you know charisma, his presence as a performer, his swag that he has, and then I think you know YG certainly you know he had a girly jersey on when he came out, but a lot of guys were excited to see each other, and, and I think there's a mutual respect that exists between kind of those celebrity performers, the you know those guys, and then also our players. So uh, being in LA, it's a fun thing to be able to embrace and, and have uh, have some guys come out and see us. Do you have an answer to that question, by the way, DeMarco? I was going to ask you the same one. Um, <laughs> I'll get back to you on Rams All Access. Uh, Carneros has our next question on Twitter. Uh, Coach, how does your defense counteract teams that are trying to get the ball out faster on offense to negate your pass rush? Yeah, well, I, I think really it's, you know, when the ball's got to come out, it, it takes, it, you know, you can't have routes that take its time to develop down the field. So playing tight coverage, being able to get there, and when the ball's forced to come out, that means that it takes, it's not as easy for routes to progress. So these are things that you know I think teams will try to do and that's where you see a lot of the man match some of these tighter coverages where it's hard to get open when you only have a three-step drop and a chance to separate in a really short amount of time and and I think those are things that we're always going to kind of see because of the respect they have for our front but that's where you also feel really good about your ability to play a lot of those kind of tighter coverages that are matchy whether it be some of your split safety stuff or even your man coverages. I was going to ask you man it's a great story Dom Easley making it back and not only that Playing lights out ball. Unbelievable. He's done a great job. You know, he's a guy that we even thought would be a, you know, we'd take him off PUP after week six and the way that he worked through his injury, uh, the rehab process, how he about, went about attacking that. It, it's a really a great story and he's got a great energy. Uh, guys love him. He's always in a good mood and he's really done an excellent job. You feel him coming off the edge. He's stout. You know, you watch when he snaps off blocks, how violent and how strong he is. Uh, just with the twitch from having that experience playing inside, he's drawn a couple key holding penalties mm-hmm. that have resulted in you know us being able to get them in some really bad down and distances. And he's been outstanding, and it's it's great to have Don back out with us. Terry has our next question from Instagram. Uh, you gave a game ball to Wade Phillips. Uh, his breakdown was, "You guys know I like donuts. Uh, <laughs> do you like donuts, Coach McVeigh? And if so, which type?" You know what? I do like donuts. I, I'm always good for for a donut. I I, I like the ones uh, with some pink icing, but I can always always have just a fashion uh, you know old fashioned so uh, I'll never be one to turn down a donut Let's stay with the food topic. K5 on Twitter. Can you remember what you had for breakfast this morning or is that too hard to remember because it isn't football related? Uh yeah, I I can I had a I had a breakfast burrito this morning and some fruit, but but typically um you know, I don't really remember that kind of stuff. So <laughs> it's kind of hit or miss. What time was breakfast? Well, breakfast was uh, when I got in. Um, you know, usually Mondays you, you give yourself a chance to try to get some rest after those games. You, you're worn out. I had some family in town, so about seven thirty. <laughs> that, that's late for you. Seven thirty's late. Well, yeah, typically it's a you know. But we're we're out of the office at a decent time. But yeah. early, I'm a I'm an early morning guy. When you you know you feel like your brain is functioning at the at its best, and then uh, once it gets a little bit later, I get a little bit irritable, and uh, I'm not quite as sharp, Demarco. <laughs> as we get into our second half hour here, let me just reset by saying the Rams have signed Sam Ficken to take over their kicking duties. Greg Zerline out for a period of time uh, with a groin injury. So that sets up uh, Ethan with our next question. Can we expect to see more two-point conversions from you, Coach, uh, even when Greg Zerline does get back on the field? 
You know, that's a good question. I don't know about that yet. I think that's going to be predicated on, uh, you know, how we feel about some of our plays that, that give us opportunities to convert based on whatever the defense we're going against in this instance, you know, the Chargers this week. Um, you know, do we feel like we've got some good answers? So uh, that would be something that we'll kind of monitor as the week progresses. But you feel pretty good about him uh, being able to, to kick it from a pretty good range, and I think he got better and better. So I think you can expect to see a little bit more regulated approach, um, you know, when we're not asking Hecker to be our kicker. Uh, thanks to those of you in our audience for submitting questions. Apologies for not being able to get to all of them. Those that are evergreen, I'll hang on to and hope to get to in a future week. One more break here, and then our final segment deals with the Chargers. They beat the Buffalo Bills on the road 31-20, to and they're coming to the Coliseum for week three next. One more time out here on the Coach McFay Show. This is ESPN LA 710. Radford looking left all the way. Comes off that read. Now fires right side. Picked by Sam Shields midfield. At the 40 to the near side with blockers 30 down the Rams sideline and out inside the 25. Welcome back to the league, Sam Shields. His 19th career interception and his first since December 2015. Wow. What a job the Rams did on defense yesterday, and you, you heard the comment from Coach McVay there. Go ahead and finish that thought, if you will. I know we had talked about Sam Shields, but just hearing that uh, reminded me of what a special moment it was for Sam and his teammates who know what he's been through to get back to that field. It really is, and, and that's where you just have such an appreciation for uh, you know what a resilient guy Sam is demonstrating that he is to be able to push through that, to miss the game uh, like he has those last couple years, and then to come and play the way that he's played throughout the course of the offseason, into training camp, and then seeing it show up on games. Uh, you know, I certainly, uh, if I would have known that stat, I wasn't as aware of it. Uh, you know, you, you, he deserved a game ball for being able to do that as well hmm. yesterday. So all our defense got it. But, you know, those are special moments, and, and you want to be able to individually recognize some guys. And I wish I had done that yesterday. Away from the field, away from calling plays, like how special is being able to award a game ball in a winning locker room and the scope of what you get to do as a head coach? I tell you what, there's nothing like it. I think what's so special about uh, what we get to do for a living that you never, ever take for granted are those feelings in the locker room when everybody has contributed and been a part of allowing us to achieve a goal. And when you look at the amount of time that's put in for those three hours or three and a half hours that really end up resulting in, in those kind of feelings of euphoria that you're feeling in the locker room and enjoying it with some of the people that you love the most in this world, uh, it's special, and I think the the atmosphere when you have a connected team like we do, when you have a coaching staff that's connected and everybody feels like they know that they're an important part of what we just got done collectively, uh, it's awesome. And, and that's what you love so much about it, and that's why you want to work so hard to continue to try to have those feelings. Would you accept the game ball if they gave you one? No. No, I, I think uh, – it, those are the, these are the these players and and you know our coaches do such a great job and and that's where it's all about the people that are around you and um, you know you just feel por- fortunate to be a part of it. A great two and zero start. I think we would all agree. Uh, another leap in terms of competition and the challenge that's coming to the Coliseum in Week Three. Uh, the Chargers beat the Buffalo Bills on the road in New York, thirty one twenty, and their roster looks loaded. Coach, yeah, they're excellent. Uh, you know, they do a great job. Uh, in all three phases, they present a variety of issues. They've got great players. They're very well coached. They're sound. Uh, they got a first ballot Hall of Famer and, and, and Philip Rivers leading the way offensively. They do a, a lot of different things and, and they can mix it up on you. And, and he's got such a great feel for being able to get him into some premier look plays. I think Keenan Allen is one of the better separators in this league uh, that people don't talk about. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal receiver. Uh, obviously, the, the running back Gordon is excellent. So uh, they got a lot of different guys. And then when you look at him from a defensive standpoint, 
standpoint, I think Gus Bradley does a phenomenal job. Uh, very sound. They tackle well. Um, they, you know, they keep their gap integrity. They're going to play sound coverage principles. They added Derwin James. You look at you know the way that he's playing, and then I think you know when you look at Ingram, uh, he is one of the more underrated rushers in this league as well. When you practice against those guys a couple times last year, you feel him. You feel Bosa and. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Bosa is going to be ready to go or not, but I wouldn't uh, be upset if not if he doesn't go. But they do have a lot of great players across their front. I think Giff Smith, their defensive line coach, does a phenomenal job as well. So it's going to be a great challenge for us. Um, by the way, your home crowd, very, very loud, especially in that closed end. I mean, it got really, really loud. They did. They did a great job. It was a fun atmosphere yesterday, DeMarco, and hopefully if we are able to continue to play well and, and give them a product that they can be proud of, they'll continue to come out and support us. And, uh, you know, those are always fun atmospheres and environments when those guys get into it, and, and that's a credit to the players making it come to life. You mentioned one future Hall of Famer in the quarterback. As someone who kind of came up through the ranks with tight ends, could you spend a moment on Antonio Gates and the fact that he's back on the Chargers? Unbelievable. You know, you look at a guy that has, you know, you see the basketball background show up with the way that he runs routes. He knows how to naturally work edges on people. He's got great hands. Um, you know, you just talk about a guy that's can dis- consistently produced year in and year out uh, and is able to just make plays in, in a variety of ways. You know, that's that's Antonio Gates, uh, one of the most productive tight ends of all time. He's definitely a Hall of Fame caliber player as well. I have so much respect for his game. And, um, you know, he's a guy that you've really start when you start coaching tight ends, you teach off a lot of his routes because of the feel that he has on some of those two way go routes. His ability to get vertical on people and then be able to make some of the contested catches. He's he's phenomenal. Well, thanks for spending some time with us. It was a highlight to uh, get to sit down with you for this hour. A lot of fun. Uh, we wish you well not just this week, but the following week with the a short week that follows uh, Thursday night football against the Vikings. We'll have Les Sneed with us as our guest next Monday night. So, Sean, go get two more, and we'll talk to you as we get ready for, I guess, week five. It'll feel like a long time. There you go. It'll be a great week this week, great challenge, and uh, guys will be excited about it. All right, for the head coach for DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Uh, this has been the Coach McVeigh Show on ESPN LA 710. Coming up on Thursday, we'll have our next edition of Rams All Access. MJD, DeMarco Farr, and I will preview the contest against the Chargers, and then again, coming up next week, no Sean McVay, yes, Lesney will also chat with a player or two from your Los Angeles Rams. They're 2-0 for the first time since 2001, and looking ahead to week three at the Coliseum. Have a great night and a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you on Thursday. This is ESPN LA 710.